Hey, what's up, y'all? Joe Marino, one of the pastors here at the Well Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Listen, if you're part of our church family, then you know that during this season, we've been taking a couple of weeks off from in-person gatherings just to allow for some of the families in our church that have been sick uh, to just find a, a season of healing and rest. And yet in this season, we didn't want to lose connection uh, with you. And so we want to produce a couple of short videos, um, just kind of devotional-like videos that might encourage you and strengthen you in what God's Word says. Recognize that we're just out, fresh out of the new year. And so uh, we want to spend a little bit of time in Colossians chapter 3. Uh, do a three-part series, so you should be seeing three videos coming out. This would be the first of those three. Um, again, just praying this would encourage you a little bit in what God would have to say about what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus and get you thinking about what it means to grow spiritually. So to that end, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, here's what it says. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In this passage... The Apostle Paul is challenging the Colossian church to get their mind set right. And here's the reality. Getting your mind set right is absolutely vital to your spiritual growth. It's an absolute vital component of your spiritual growth. Getting your mind set right. One author said this. He said uh, that we must remember that our mindset is a deliberate act of the will. We set our minds on taking a vacation, right? We set our minds on buying an object, he says. We set our minds on finishing a project. Therefore, we can set our minds on things that are above, according to verse 1. In addition, we need to hold loosely to the things below, whether those things are mere possessions or gross, ungodly desires and behaviors. So those are just some interesting thoughts to kind of uh, lead into looking at this text. If you were to look at the text with me, look at the scripture and kind of make some general observations of the text, this is how I did it. I just sat down and just kind of tried to sketch out the passage a little bit, made a few observations. Um, here's some of the things I noticed. Once again, I noticed that Paul, Paul is calling his listeners to set their minds on things above instead of on earthly matters, according to verse 2. And Paul gives this challenge because if his listeners claim to have been raised with Christ, if they claim to be Christ's followers, then they're actually seated positionally. Their, their identity is with Christ at the right hand of God, victorious in heaven, according to verse 1. When Paul sees his listeners, he, he sees his listeners as people who have trusted in the work of Jesus at the cross and the empty tomb, and they're hoping in the promise of heaven. So this is why he reminds them that they have actually died with Christ. Their, their lives are hidden in Christ. That they will be part of the glory of Christ when he returns at the end, according to verses 3 
and 4. So those are just some of my general observations of the passage. The question is, why does this matter to you and me, right? And the answer is this matters because, like I said earlier, getting our mind set right is absolutely vital to our spiritual growth. The next question is, how do we get our minds set right? Right? How do we get our minds set right? And the answer to that question is application. Now, application means to believe and to obey. And the best way that I know how to kind of stir up or shake up what we believe and what we, wh how we're doing with this obedience thing is by simply asking diagnostic questions that kind of hopefully lead to some kind of action, right? So I got three kind of clumps of questions. Question number one, what on earth is distracting me from heaven? Think about that. What on earth is distracting me from heaven? Where, where am I believing that I will find heaven on earth instead of in heaven? Like, is it my marriage? Is it, is it my family or, or my career or my belongings or the new house I'm dreaming about? Or if I'm single, new spouse I'm hoping to get. Like, What on earth is distracting me from heaven? Where, where am I believing that I will find heaven on earth instead of in heaven? Second round of questions, what do I need to kill and where have I been hiding from the presence of God? Think about this. Like we, we find so many ways of hiding out from God, just like Adam and Eve did in, in their shame and their guilt and their fear in the garden, right? So many places that we find to hide that we actually need to kill. Late night internet binges, all day Netflix binges, guilty, substance addictions, Game apps on our mobile devices, YouTube videos, overworking, external performance checklists. Where have I been hiding from the presence of God and what do I need to kill? Third set of diagnostic questions to apply this text. Where, where, where am I longing for resurrection victory? Where am I longing for resurrection victory? Because here's the deal, right? Satan, sin, and death were defeated in the work of our crucified, risen, and returning Christ, right? But Satan, sin, and death still have a very strong influence in the world we live in, meaning on us. Like in the world of our desires and our longings, right? Like we long to be completely loved. We long to be completely known. We long to be completely accepted. We long to be completely secure, to be completely wanted, to be completely cherished. Which one of those longings, which one of those desires do I need to confess to the Father right now and ask him to satisfy? Is it the desire to be loved, the desire to be known, the desire to be accepted or secure or wanted or cherished? Which one of those longings and desires do I need to confess to my father right now and ask him to satisfy? So that's kind of a good chunk of diagnostic questions that I think helps to apply this passage, right? The only response I have to all of that then is to, is to, is to kind of close in prayer. Like I, as God has now spoken to me through his word, I want to speak back to him in prayer. And so as I do that, um, as I study God's word devotionally, um, 
I, I, I try to remember the main thrust of the passage and all I've learned from it and then pray through that, right? <clears throat> so I want to remind us that getting our mind set right is a vital component of spiritual growth. So here's how I want to pray. And I would invite you to pray this way with me. Father, Father, please come and help. Father, please come and give me a clearer vision of heaven. Re re renew my strength, Father, so that, so that I might kill my sin. So, so I might kill any other earthly habit that I try to hide from you in. Father, please renew within me a sense of the resurrection, a sense of the final victory that is mine in Christ Jesus over the specific longings and desires inside of me. Father, I ask that you would help me to rest assured of my sonship in Christ Jesus. Help me to rest assured that I am completely loved completely known, completely accepted, completely secure and wanted and cherished because of my crucified, risen, and returning Savior. Father, I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, I pray this uh, encouraged you and strengthened you. I think you'll find in the comments below on this video a link to one of my favorite worship song, songs. I, I pray that that blesses you. Have a good day. Love you guys.